0: Hey everybody, welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. Has anybody here so far tonight encountered the Holy Spirit? That's awesome. Have you guys gotten anything yet tonight that you guys feel benefited you spiritually? By show of hands. Sweet. That's awesome. I used to be a manager of a phone store for Verizon, and I remember at a manager training one time, they said, "Do you want to know how someone's a good manager? Because their store runs well even when the manager isn't there." That's how that's how you can there shouldn't be a dip in progress or anything just because the leader is gone, you know? And Pastor Jake talked about how our pastors, our senior pastors, aren't here with us today. And I think the fact that we're still able to come together with them not here and still cultivate an atmosphere and encounter God is a testament to how amazing our leaders are. Because it shows that they've prepared their flock well and they've equipped us, you know? And in addition to the body being equipped and prepared, here at World Harvest, we're also lucky enough to have four amazing pastors. So we got Pastors Jake and Pastors Abby here, and they're going to be running the show this weekend. They're amazing people. Pastor Abby preached last Saturday and absolutely crushed it. She preached about uh, walking through the wilderness, and it was amazing. And uh, tonight's like open mic night, so you get me. And then... Tomorrow, (laughs) and then tomorrow, you guys are going to get to hear from Pastor Jake, and he knocks it out of the park every single time. So I just want to encourage you guys to come tomorrow and hear his message, and then talk a lot about how amazing it is, and then when I hear you guys say, Jake's message was really good this weekend, I'm going to receive that and (laughs) pretend you're talking about me. (laughs) All right, so... I don't want to keep you guys here all night. I'd like to just tell you what God's put on my heart, if that's all right. All right, so before we do this, this calms me. This the, Days like this are a battle in my mind, and it helps me when I start things off with a prayer. So if you guys wouldn't mind, just bow your heads with me. Well, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for showing up here tonight, God, and we just invite you to stay here with us, God. I pray that you would open up our minds and open up our hearts. Um, I pray that you would sow into our spirits tonight, God. I pray that you would make me sensitive to your word, and I pray that you would just speak revelation into all of us. I pray that you would speak life-changing revelation into all of us and that we'd be able to leave here different tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, and uh, give the pastors a great time in Mexico and help Pastor Bob get a wicked sweet tan. (laughs) I know. (laughs) He's got some catching up to do in the tan department. His wife is burying him. (laughs) But uh, anyways, all right. So the message that I'm going to be speaking to you guys tonight is called Surrendered or Enslaved. And the name of that sermon comes... Uh, is from a revelation, actually, that the Lord spoke to me while I was here uh, Sunday morning at Celebration worshiping. I was sit- uh, standing in worship right over where that cutie in the pink is sitting over there. <laughs> and I'm worshiping, that's my wife, by the way, I'm not being weird. <laughs> um <laughs> but I, I was worshiping, It was you know, we, we all, an atmosphere like we always have, you know, thick, Holy Spirit atmosphere. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me clear as day, Jake, you're either surrendered or you're enslaved. So which one is it? Now, as you guys know, when the Lord gives you a revelation, He speaks to you in different ways and He gives it to you in a lot of different ways. Sometimes He gives you just a pure 100% download and it goes right into your spirit, and it transforms your mind, and it's amazing when that happens. I love that when that happens. And then sometimes, he'll give you just a little bit, just enough to make you curious. And I've learned when he does that, it's because he's sending you on an assignment, and he wants you to do the work. So he told me that. He said, you're either surrendered or you're enslaved. And then I kept waiting for the revelation to come, but that was all I got. So I knew then that he was sending me on a journey to figure out what he was trying to speak to me. So I'm just going to walk you guys through that journey tonight, if that's okay. All right. So I started off by looking up the definitions because um, I wanted to be very clear about what those two things are. So to be enslaved means to be held in bondage. To be held in bondage. And to be surrendered means to cease resistance and submit to an authority. So now that I had a clear definition of what these things were, I just started to kind of think about it and brainstorm and meditate about it. And I started off by thinking about all the ways those two things are um, the same. Because they're, they're pretty similar things, being enslaved and surrendered. Both are a form of submission. In both cases, you're giving up yourself and essentially handing over your rights. And both are a choice. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6.12, I think I got it for you guys in the Passion Translation, if I'm not mistaken. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6.12, it's true that our freedom allows us to do anything. But that doesn't mean that everything we do is good for us. I'm free to do as I choose, but I choose to never be enslaved to anything. So those bondages are going to come your way and they're going to try to be forced upon you, but ultimately it's our decision whether we're going to let those things enslave us or not. So then after that, I started to think about all the ways that those two things are different, being surrendered and enslaved. And and I researched a lot into it, but ultimately the number one way that those things are different, I came to the conclusion, is that being enslaved harms you, while surrendering protects you. As a matter of fact, in war, I was reading like the Geneva Convention and all kinds of crazy stuff. But in, in war, if a soldier lays down their arms and surrenders... It's forbidden for any enemies to attack them. And if they did, it would be considered a heinous war crime and would bring forth severe punishment. That's just something that every, the whole world has agreed to. So surrendering means no attacks can come your way. So in conclusion, after, after diving into what these two things are, Basically, surrender equals protection, and enslaved equals harm. And the choice is ours. We get to pick whether we're going to be protected and surrendered to the the God Most High, or whether we're going to be enslaved to the attacks that come our way. So next, I knew I had to get into the Word and see what the Word says about this. So the first biblical example that the Holy Spirit pointed me to was the story of Joseph. And I think that God pointed me to this story because Joseph is such a perfect example of both things. Because he was literally enslaved, sold into slavery against his will by his brothers. But at the same time, he was fully surrendered to God throughout the whole thing. So I'm not going to have you guys turn there, but I do encourage you guys to read this story at some point. I've read it a lot over the past few weeks. It starts in Genesis 37 and goes through to the end of the book of Genesis. But I'll give you like the spark notes version of it. So, um, Joseph was the son of Jacob. And he had 11 brothers. And out of all of his brothers, Joseph was his dad's favorite. As a matter of fact, to symbolize how much love his dad had for him, he had this beautiful, colorful coat made. You guys probably... Saw the kids' movie about it and everything. But his, uh, this, of course, because his dad favored him so much, this, of course, made his brothers very jealous. And they actually plotted to kill him. But ultimately, they decided to throw him in a pit until a tribe from the Midianites came along, and then they sold him into slavery to them. Now, while he was a slave, he gets thrown into prison for something he didn't do. He was falsely accused of something. And while he was in prison, he developed a reputation of being a good, honest, trustworthy, hardworking man that was very gifted in the area of um, dreams and interpreting dreams. So eventually the pharaoh starts having these dreams, and he's had everybody in the land listen to him, and nobody can interpret them. But then he hears of Joseph and his reputation, so he summons Joseph to him. So Joseph meets with the pharaoh, and he's able to interpret his dreams. And by interpreting his dreams, Joseph saves Egypt from seven years of drought and famine. And the pharaoh is so appreciative of Joseph that he pulls him from prison and actually promotes him to second-in-command over all of Egypt. And then eventually, Joseph gets reunited with his family, forgives them for what they did to him, And then he moves all of them to Egypt and Pharaoh gives them property in the best part of the land. So as I read this story, I realized that Joseph literally went from a pit in the ground to second in command over all of Egypt because he was fully 100% surrendered to God. And he remained that way no matter what situation he was in. In Genesis 39, verse 23, the Bible says, that the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did because he was fully surrendered to him. So see, when you're fully 100% surrendered to God, there's absolutely nothing that's strong enough to bind you or enslave you or hold you back. Not depression, not sin, uh, lust, anxiety, financial issues, inflation. None of those things. None of those things are strong enough to hold you back or, or enslave you when you're surrendered to God because our God is stronger than all of those things. So when we're surrendered to him, we're offered protection from those things. So I don't know about you, but if this is what it looks like to be, uh, to be surrendered to God, then I can't afford to not be 100% fully surrendered to God in every single aspect of my life in every single aspect. We can't have one foot in and have one foot out. So as I've been digging into this revelation, now now I understand more kind of what what God was trying to speak to me and stuff. And um, so I've just been praying a lot about it and meditating a lot about it. And I believe that there's two specific areas in this moment that the Lord is commissioning us to surrender to him in our lives. And the first area Is our mistakes. I believe that God wants us to take every mistake we've ever made, everything in our past that haunts us, everything that brings us pain and surrender those things to God. Because we can let our mistakes enslave us and hold us back or we can surrender them to him, be free from them, and then God can actually use those to bring glory to him and to set other people free. You know, about a year ago here, I had the uh, opportunity to speak at the Fusion Fire event for the youth, and I shared my testimony with them. And it went great, and and it was really fun and everything. But when I was sharing with them, my heart was burning with conviction because while I was up there um, sharing my testimony, I didn't think about it ahead of time, but my testimony is so intertwined with my mom's testimony that I actually ended up sharing some pretty, like, vulnerable, intimate details of my mom's life. And I know that if you're going to share part of anyone's story or testimony, the proper thing to do is okay it with them first. And so in the moment, as I'm sharing my testimony, I realized I hadn't done that. So my heart's just burning with conviction. And somebody had actually videotaped it, and my mom watched it. And uh, the, the next day, so I, I did Fusion Fire, and, and it was awesome, Mom. It was great. But I I had that conviction burning in my heart because of me not asking for my mom's permission to share certain parts of of our testimony that we share. And so I called her the next day and I felt terrible. And I was just apologizing to her profusely. And uh, I was just like, Mom, I'm so sorry. I should have double-checked with you before I did that. Um, I'm sorry that I did that. And she got confused. And I'll never forget what she said to me. She said, Jake, She goes, why are you apologizing? Don't feel bad about it at all. She goes, if it brings glory to God, then share it. She goes, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you that you shared that. Now, of course, I want to be very clear. You should definitely okay it with people (laughs) before you share their testimony. But it really, really, really spoke to me that my mom had made it such a priority to glorify God that she was willing to overlook the mistake that I had made because she was like, God was glorified, so it's all good, you know? And, uh, and, and that really spoke to me. And I don't know if she even realized it at the time, but when she told me that, she was speaking Scripture to me because in 1 Corinthians 10.31, and I think I got that for you guys too, and this verse has really been on my heart for a long time now, but 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I think we should make it a habit to ask ourselves that more often before we do things. Does this glorify God? Is this going to glorify God? Before we make a Facebook post, is this going to bring glory to God? Before we um, gossip about a coworker at work, is this going to glorify God? And it's because of that lesson that I learned from my mom that day, it's because of that that I have no problem coming up here and sharing my past struggles with you guys. I get pretty vulnerable with you guys, maybe I even tell too much at times, but I have no problem coming up here and sharing with you guys about my past drug use or alcohol use or porn addictions or whatever, anything else I've dealt with. Because when I keep those things to myself, it produces fruit of shame, guilt, and humiliation. But when I surrender those things to God, he sets me free from them, and then he's actually able to use them to free others from those things and to bring glory to him in the process. It's like mine and Sierra's testimony. We have a hard testimony to share. We just sat down with someone and went through the whole thing, like every single part of it, totally transparent. And it's not easy to share. It's not easy for us to get up in front of crowds of strangers, or even harder people like you guys who we really respect a lot and we want you guys to, you know, think okay things about us. <laughs> you know, you guys are our family. So it's it's really hard for us to come up here and admit that we've done some of the things we've done. To come up in front of you guys and tell you that we used to hit each other, you know, and get in physical altercations and that we've said the worst things we could ever say to each other. It's not easy to share that. But we've surrendered that, we, we surrendered our lives to God, and so that story belongs to him now. And wouldn't you believe he's actually used that? He's actually used that testimony to help other marriages and to heal other marriages and to set other people free. So, I have a, I have a friend who I play basketball with, And he gave me permission to share this testimony. (laughs) Now I got a reputation. You guys aren't going to want to share your testimonies with me. I've learned my lesson. (laughs) I have a friend that uh, I play basketball with. I've known him for about 13 years. And he's always, like, visibly struggled with a drug addiction. Like, it's been very clear to see. And a little over a year or so ago, I saw him walk through those doors and he came to church here and then he kept on coming and he's been going to church here for a while. And I was catching up with him the other day and he said that his addiction got so bad in the time of COVID that he just hit his knees and just totally surrendered his life to God. And since then, he's been sober for over a year now. Yes. Yes. He's not had a single craving like you were saying? He said he's tried to get um, clean on his own before, but the cravings and the addictions were just too hard, you know? He said this time is different. He surrendered to God. He's been sober over a year. He hasn't had a single craving. He's got a good job. He's a good dad. He's got a good relationship with his two beautiful girls. And he says he stays grounded by reading the word every single day. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, give him a hand. Give God a hand. And I love all that, and but what I like just as much is what he did after that, because I saw he posted on Facebook, and I took a screenshot. And he said, uh, he put on Facebook, he said, I have one year today of complete sobriety. Glory be to God. Life is great. Anybody struggling, reach out. There is a way out. I think that's such an amazing example of what it looks like to surrender our mistakes that we've made and surrender our past pains to god joyce um myers talks a lot about making your mess your ministry and that can't happen until we surrender our mess to him so i just want to encourage you guys um if there's anybody here who keeps a part of your past hidden and it's inside of you and it's making you feel shameful and you're walking around just in shame and uh, um, feeling guilty all the time and condemned and you're, con- you're constantly hoping that somebody's not going to learn this part about your past or whatever, um, I just want to give you guys a formula if that's you. Surrender that thing to God. Let him heal you of those mistakes And then share that testimony with everybody to glorify Jesus and help others. So the second area of our lives that I believe we're being called to surrender to the Lord right now is our passions and our gifts. Because again, 1 Corinthians 10.31, I'll point back to that. It says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Our passions can either take us away from God or they can be a platform that's used to glorify him. I believe that when we were knitted together in our mother's wombs, I believe that God strategically placed these little passions and these little talents and gifts inside of each and every one of us. And our job is to figure out what those things are and use them as tools to glorify him. And going back to the story of Joseph, Joseph was a great example of that too. I think I have these verses for you. Genesis 41, verses 15 and 16. But when he gets summoned to Pharaoh to interpret his dreams, Pharaoh says to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it, but I have heard it said of you, you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. And Joseph replies to Pharaoh, he says, I cannot do it but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. I love how in that moment, Joseph took the the opportunity to bring glory to God instead of exalt himself because he easily could have. He easily could have been like, yep, I'm your man, Pharaoh. Whatever you need, I can interpret pretty much any dream. Just, you know, for a good price, you know, take me out of prison or give me a lot of money or give me some land and then I'd love to do it. He could have done that, he had the upper hand, But instead, he chose to point to God in that moment and glorify him. And the reason why I believe, this is on my heart, why I think God is commissioning us to surrender our passions and our gifts to him is because I'm seeing it happen more and more throughout the world in really unlikely places. I've been a sports fan my whole life. And I've watched sports just like avidly my entire life. And I've never seen a move on the sports world a move of God on the sports world like I've been seeing over this past year or so. It's incredible. Almost every single person that's elevated to the top of their sport at this moment is a bold, outspoken, spirit-filled Christian. It's so cool to see. I've never seen that in my lifetime. Uh, I have a couple videos I want to share with you guys. Um, Do you guys know who Cooper Cup is? I'll tell you. (laughs) He's... uh, He's a NFL wide receiver and he's a stud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll explain further. <laughs> so Cooper Cup, he's a wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams. And like he's like at the top of his game. He was in the MVP conversation this year, but he got beat up by Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately. But he was the winner of the Triple Crown. Which means he was the lead. It's very hard to do. He was the leader uh, in the league in every single major stat category for wide receivers. He had the most yards, he had the most catches, he had the most touchdowns. He led his team to the Super Bowl. His team won the Super Bowl, and then he was actually named Super Bowl MVP. And so, minutes after he's been named Super Bowl MVP, he goes into his press conference and At that moment, he's on the biggest platform in the world. All eyes are on him. And I want to show you guys the video of how he reacted in that moment. Who's a good lip reader? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Are we able to get sound on it? We're working on it. Good time to take a water break. (laughs) I knew playing a video was a bad idea. (laughs) I'm I'm derailing up here. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. If we get the audio, great, but I'll just tell you what he's saying. Basically, so he goes into his press conference. He's just been named Super Bowl MVP, and he shares with the media about a vision that God gave him Um, when he was in prayer and how he um, knew that he was going to be put in this position and the freedom that he had because God had already showed him he was going to be in that position, and he got to play from glory, not for glory. And yeah, it was, really, it was a really deep... It would be so cool if you guys could hear it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> YouTube it sometime. I'll post it on Facebook. <laughs> um, but I, I think that that's such a great example of what we're talking about here. Because at that moment, he's on the biggest platform in the world. 112 million people watched the Super Bowl this year, by the way. And all eyes are on him And he takes that moment to glorify God instead of exalt himself. And then there's another video. I don't know. We probably can't get that one either. (laughs) Um, But Scotty Scheffler, he's a a guy, he's a golfer, a professional golfer. And he just won the Masters a couple months ago. And same thing, basically, that, that Cooper Cup did. So he, minutes after getting his green jacket and winning the masters at again at that moment biggest platform in the world all eyes are on him and he goes in and he talks to the media just about his faith and about god and about all that kind of stuff (laughs) so are we able to get that video or not guys no okay i'll post that one as well but i but anyway those and by the way he's that golfer scotty scheffler he's only 25 years old and I want to talk to his parents and figure out what they did because he's got it figured out. He totally understands what he's called to do. I mean, he's a gifted young man and he's called to use that to glorify God. So I'm sorry about the videos, you guys. <sighs> Whatever. Yeah, there will be. Oh, <laughs> uh, good question. but that's what those those two guys though and, and i don't know if you guys have noticed but the mainstream media doesn't like posting those kinds of interviews you know but it's happening at such a rate right now that they can't keep it out me and hunter were watching a playoff game the other day on tnt and this guy just completely went off unfortunately it was on the bucks but again the whole time they're trying to ask him other questions. They're trying to move him off the topic and he keeps bringing it right back to God and just glorifying God. And this is on TNT, you know? So it's like happening at a rate where the media can't even keep it out. So if, as long as I've been alive anyway, it's always been like us here using our platforms to glorify God, but we've never had the big platforms on our side. So if we can jump in with them while we have, the biggest platforms in the world doing it. Just imagine the difference that we can make and the glory that we can bring to God, you know? And we have great examples of that in our church here too. Like, I look at people like Nate Strenke, who's an extremely gifted videographer, and he makes these, he's surrendered that gift to God, and he makes amazing videos that thousands of people see on the internet and on TV, and it's actually led to people giving their life to Christ. Isn't that awesome? Or I look at people like Esteban, who's extremely talented with social media. And because of his creativity and the gift that he has that he surrendered to God, we're able to reach thousands and hundreds of thousands of people all across the globe with the gospel now. And it's leading to people giving their life to Christ. Or I look at people like Marion Lambright, who's an amazing painter, and he's used that gift and he makes these amazing images of god and faith-based images and then he sells them to people and then through his images people bring jesus into their home you know or or the people that are on the worship team um i look at them they're they're so talented musically our drummers need to get their priorities straight (laughs) i'm just playing i love the drummers (laughs) No. No, seriously. You guys, including everybody on the worship team, you guys are so gifted musically and you could have done anything with that. You could post TikToks singing Britney Spears or whatever, but you've surrendered that (laughs) gift. I'm a 90s guy. But you've surrendered that gift to God. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you don't want to hear that. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, they've, they've, they've surrendered their musical gifts to God, and when they use them, they shift the atmosphere in a way that summons in the Holy Spirit and leads to people encountering God. Isn't that amazing? So we can, we, that's what it looks like to be enslaved, or sorry, to, be, to have our passions surrendered to God, but you can be enslaved to your passions as well, and I've experienced that. Like I said, I'm a big sports fan, and... Um, If you would have saw me playing sports, I I love playing sports, but if you would have saw me playing them a few years ago, you wouldn't have even thought I was enjoying myself because all I cared about was winning and then I had this unhealthy competitiveness and then it it made this anger rise up in me. And pastors know because me and Pastor Jake have played football together for like 10 years now. But I was the guy that was out there like yelling at the refs and yelling at my teammates and yelling at... um, yeah, no, these these are grown men. These are grown men. <laughs> so, um, I was yelling at the other team and everything like that. But since then, I've surrendered my life to God, and with that, I've surrendered my passion to Him. And so now, I'm able to go out there and I understand what it is. It was something that God placed in me purposely to make me ha- to keep me happy and healthy, and also because there's people out there on the field or out there on the court. Who need to know the love of god who need to know that jesus died for them and who need to know the gospel that's why he placed that inside of me being a, a surrendered christian is a lot like being a broken compass no matter where we are or what corner we get backed into or what situation we're facing we should always be pointing up when people look at us we point them up just like those guys did in those videos you weren't able to see <laughs> I might have nightmares about that. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to start wrapping up here. But I want to be very clear with you about what I'm trying to say. I was talking to a guy I play basketball with and uh, he doesn't go to church here or anything, but he saw my last sermon or one of my sermons, he watched online, and I ran into him, and he was like, dude, I watched your sermon, and it was really good. He was like, you talked about a lot. He's like, I don't, I don't really remember what you talked about, but I know I liked it. <laughs> He's like, I remember I liked it, <laughs> and that's totally understandable, because I'm a very ADD person. So I've, I'm learning, I just want to make it very clear to you guys what I'm trying to say, okay? We are called to be fully surrendered to God in every single area of our lives, And the way you can tell if an area of your life is surrendered to God is if that area of your life glorifies him. That's how you can tell. And when we're surrendered, it creates a chain reaction of surrender. First, in our life, and you start to see all these different areas of your life, you start to see freedom in them because you're surrendering them to God. And then, it, it, it catches on with everyone around you. And then you start to see people around you start to get curious and surrender their lives to God as well. We had a leader meeting with Mickey Robinson when he was up a few weeks ago and he said something that was just brilliant. And I would encourage you guys to write this down. This is going to be the smartest thing said here tonight because Mickey said it. <laughs> but um, he said, it's our job to humble ourselves and it's God's job to exalt us. Yeah. And then he added on to it, and he said, and when we try to do God's job, he does our job for us, and he's an overachiever. <laughs> and I've experienced that, man. I have screwed up so much in my life that I just accepted that maybe I was a screw-up. You know, That's what I would say all the time. You know, I get kicked off the basketball team. Well, I guess I'm just a screw-up. I get arrested. Well, I guess I'm just a screw-up. I get a DUI. Well, I guess I'm a screw-up. I'm a bad example for my kids. I guess I'm a screw-up. I'm a bad husband. I guess I'm a screw-up. And every time I would say those things, my mom would say, no, God's trying to get your attention. He's called you to a higher standard, and he's trying to get your attention. And I know now, especially after what Mickey Robinson said, that God was trying to humble me in those seasons. And... Eventually, I was humbled enough where I did surrender my life to God. And it was after that that I started to see freedom in all of those different areas of my life. So I believe God is trying to get some people's attention right now. Because he has an anointing on your life. And all he's waiting for to unlock that anointing is for your surrender to him. In James chapter 4, verse 7. In the Passion Translation, it says, So then, surrender to God. Stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will flee in agony. We have the power inside of us to actually stand up to the devil and make him flee in agony from us. But I like how this verse says that we don't get to use that authority That's the authority we have, but we don't get to use it until we do the first part of the verse there, where it says, surrender to God. Once we surrender to God, then we get to unlock that authority and that power inside of us. Surrender equals victory for you and glory for God. What if I told you that the answer to your financial struggles is to surrender your finances to God? To come to church on the weekend and tithe and to be generous with your income outside of church and to use it to bless people and to glorify God through your finances. Or what if I told you the answer to busyness is to surrender your schedule to God? I had practice in that this past week. I was extremely busy and I was trying to prepare for tonight and everything. And I got so frustrated, I was, I was about ready to tap out. And I heard God say to me, are you going to practice what you preach or not? So I surrendered my schedule to him and I didn't have all the time in the world. But it was amazing because once I did that, God maximized the time. He was speaking to me while I was at work and I was writing notes in my phone. And um, my God time was just out of, out of this world over this past week. I was able to sit down. I've, I've preached a couple times now at this point. I've never been able to just sit down in one sitting and write a sermon beginning to end in one sitting. I was able to do that this week because God was with me, you know? Or what if I told you, the cause of your mental health problems is is because of a spiritual deficiency. And the cure for it is to surrender your mind to him. To surrender your time to him and to spend time with him and pray. Whatever your struggle is, the answer is to surrender that thing to God. And it takes work to do that. It's not easy. It's much easier to just stay enslaved to that thing. It would have been much easier for my friend to just stay enslaved to his drug addiction instead of surrendering that thing to God and beating it, you know. I read the book of Leviticus a couple weeks ago. Shout out to Sam here. He loves that book. I love that he loves that book. I was like trying not to sleep when I was reading it. But I I was thinking of him the whole time. I I love that he loves that book. But I did get a lot out of it, so I understand why he does. But in uh, Leviticus chapter 4, it goes over what they had to do back then for a sin offering, to be forgiven for their sins. And it was a strenuous process. They had to find a young bull with no physical defects. Then they had to bring that bull to the tabernacle. Then they had to slaughter it, drain its blood, and give the blood to the priest, The priest would sprinkle that blood seven times. Then they'd remove the bull's fat and organs. Then they would burn them on the altar. And that's just the beginning of it. There was like paragraphs more after that that they had to do before they could be forgiven. Now, praise God, we don't have to go through all of that anymore because Jesus died on the cross and we're already forgiven. And if that was the case, I don't know if there'd be any bulls left in Wisconsin to cleanse me (laughs) of my sins. But the point is, is that it takes a lot of work to sacrifice something to the Lord. It takes a lot, and even still, you know, we're already forgiven, but like I said, it's a lot easier to just let those things cling to you and bind you up and stay enslaved to them. It takes a lot of work to turn your device off, to turn all your devices off and and go into a room and shut the door and spend time with Jesus when you don't feel like it. It's a lot of work to tithe on Sunday and trust God with your finances even when you're struggling financially. And it's a lot of work to bring God into your hobbies even though people might judge you for it and gossip about you. But if you put in the work to surrender those things, you'll experience a freedom and an anointing on your life like you've never experienced before. So if you guys would, please, would you just stand with me? God's already given us the strength to conquer all of our battles. And the key to unlocking that strength is just surrendering to him. So when God gave me this revelation and after I dug into it and stuff, I figured, oh, well, he probably said that to me because there's an area of my life I need to surrender to him. And sure enough, I, I, I asked him what it was and he gave me a couple things, you know. Fear was one of them. Surrender my fear to him. But also, there were things that I'd been clinging on to from my childhood that I needed freedom from. And I shared them with Pastor Jake. And I didn't even think they were a big deal. But then when I started sharing them, I started bawling. And it was like my spirit was releasing something that it needed to get rid of. It was amazing. So I'm just going to invite you guys to do this with me right now. Could you guys just close your eyes while you're standing? And I want you guys to picture your life. Picture every single aspect of your life that makes you who you are. Picture your occupation, your hobbies, your marriage, your friendships, your fears. And now understand this. All of those areas in your life are just platforms to glorify Jesus, so I want you to take a second and just ask the Holy Spirit if there's any area of your life that he'd like you to surrender to him. And just wait on him. If anybody has anything, would you mind just raising your hand? This is just for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you, God. Thank you. All right, you guys can keep your eyes closed. I'm just going to close us up in prayer. But after we pray, I'd like to, uh, the ministry team to come forward. And if you'd like tonight to be the night that you surrender that thing to the Lord, whatever it was that He showed you, I'd like you to just come up and get prayer. Well, heavenly Father. We just thank you for this evening to all come together, God. And we just want to be intentional in this moment right now. And we just want to surrender ourselves to you in every single aspect possible, God. We surrender our peaks to you. We surrender our valleys to you. We surrender our wildernesses to you, like Pastor Abby was talking about last week, God. We surrender our gifts to you. All of the, the pretty parts of us and all the ugly parts, God, those all belong to you now. Those are all yours. And we just invite you to use them, God. We invite you to hold us to a a higher standard. We invite you to expect things from us. We invite you to tug on us and and pull from us and, and just use us as a tool in your toolbox to bring glory to you whenever you see necessary, God. We love you so much, God. And I just thank you for for just meeting us here today and for changing people's lives, God. And I pray that you would give them the courage. If there's anybody, some people are, are they're, they're really being just eaten from the inside by certain things that, that have bound themselves to them, God. And I pray that you would give them the courage to come up here and just confess those things and receive prayer. Because it's just like James 5.16 said, the prayers of a righteous person will heal you. So again, we just love you and may you be glorified in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.